We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown, that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into The Constitutionalist with Donnie the Don. Don't be political property, be free. Hello guys, happy Friday. So glad y'all can be here this uh, fantastic evening. So we have some things to discuss today. Um, definitely going to talk about Elon Musk, that's the title of the show. And how Twitter is like, oh no, you don't buy these bots. So that's one thing. Other thing I want to talk about with you guys is the fact that um, a lot of the American institutions have poor ratings with the American people that had just come out. So we're going to go over that. Um, some Texas politics. I got some beef with people uh, praising Greg Abbott for doing what his job, but technically he hasn't been doing his job. So we'll get to that in a second. And then lastly, I wasn't going to really speak on this. Uh, Brittany uh, Grimer, Grimer uh, again anytime soon. But I did see where I replied to something where it got some traction. And I think it's really funny how people say that I'm a homophobe because I call out someone for being a dude. So that's what they do. When people deceive you and pretend to be women, and if you call it out, all, all of a sudden you're homophobic. Let me explain something to you. When people want to call somebody homophobic, I'm not afraid of someone because of who they sleep with. Okay? I am not afraid of Brittany, but I will say, uh, based off some things we've seen, she does have a violent past. She has domestic violence um, history with her exes. Uh, she tried to fight females on the court. She, and I say she lightly, because uh, Brittany Grimer looks to me like a man. She has an Adam's apple. She sounds like a dude. All of that. So, so if you want to sit there and argue with somebody because we want to call out someone for not, you know, being a woman and they're playing in the WNBA, that's a big problem for me. She's 6'9 and wears a size 17. Not some women like that. She has a very deep voice. And on top of it all, whenever someone says, I can't believe you said it's about another black woman, I honestly, you're insulting black women because you think we look like men. We do not look like men. You're not going to sit there and defend someone who's deceiving you so they can play in the WNBA and they're a whole dude. So, that's that's gonna be one discussion, but real quick, all good. Okay, cool with the sound. Let let's let's listen to Brittany talk because you hear how I'm speaking. That's one um, kind of I guess. Oh goodness, please don't play this commercial out loud. The whole world. Too many commercials on YouTube. Times must be hard. Speaking of YouTube, I had a um, interview with Jeff Charles. Jeff on the uh, on the right. 
and they remove the video. So they're full of their censorship um, all day, every day. This is not the video I clicked on. Why does YouTube do that? All right, so let's hear Britney talk, you guys. And then if you're on, you, you guys tell me um, if she sounds like a female. Un momento. Why can I not hear it? I want to, I know I got a tech. I believe we got a double tech. I think could be wrong. Second game, we went back out to Connecticut again. And I talked to one of the refs and she checks in. Hey, we got history from the first game. Watch us both. You know, I, I totally honest with the refs all the time. I'm like, hey, watch us both. I'm not arguing, you know, my stuff. Led to things happen. I got a flagrant one. So then she's traded to Dallas. Game's going. She comes in. Same thing again. Just the elbowing, two-hand chunking, the running in hard, leading with the elbow into rebounds. And it was a rebound. She came running in. I got big like all bigs are supposed to be taught. She ran into the elbow. She didn't like it. Pulled me back, threw a punch, grazed me on my cheek, and everything just – it. It was like the top came off the boiling pot. So if you guys see that, I do have that on my Twitter. I'll put it in the chat. I don't know. I'm going to check the chat. <laughs> Robert says, who's that dude? Yeah. Uh, so we got one response there. That's that's who they're claiming is a woman playing in the WNBA. Anywho, there's that piece right there. So, again, um, do not claim and attack people and call them homophobic. Please understand what, what a homophobe is. I'm, I'm scared of roaches. It's irrational of me to be afraid of roaches. You know, those things do scare me. I won't be able to sleep if I see one crawling around creeping somewhere. I, someone sleeping with someone the same, whoever they sleep with doesn't matter to me. That doesn't, what, what, what kind of fear would I get from someone sleeping with what they want to? People just make up these different things so people will shut up and not call out people who are trying to deceive people and play in the WNBA when they shouldn't be there. Robert, before we move forward, did you want to add anything to that? I just want to say that sounds like a dude. <laughs> yeah, because it is. But, yeah, try to fool me. Can't fool me, guys. Woo. I'm going to call it out because I, I was an athlete, okay? And I would have – I'll be really shitty if men were competing with me because they, they wanted to be on varsity and because they couldn't make varsity with men uh, and make money in a league because they couldn't make it on with men. That's not right. That's not fair. So if we're going to stand up and say, we're gonna protect black women or protect women, then stop letting men play in our sports. That's not protecting women. Okay? And by the way, if any of you have a problem with our fear of roaches and your cat's phobic. <laughs> But uh, let's let's dive into uh, the disappointments that America has in these different institutions real quick. And then we'll hop into Elon Musk. And it's Friday, so if anyone else wants to add to the discussion, you can most certainly do so. Uh, but there is a, a, a new um, statistics, statistics that came out. It says confidence in the United States institutions down average at a new low. I'll go ahead and throw this in here for you. It is on the website that I keep telling you guys to subscribe to um, as well. It's already that our article is already there, but I'll go ahead and put this link here in the the comment section for you guys to check out so you guys can look at it with me while we're going through it. Okay, it's in the chat right now. So 
significant declines in confidence for 11 of 16 institutions. Institutions were tested. Average confidence across all institutions were a new low at 27%. Public most confident in small businesses and least in Congress. Now, no numbers for Congress. They're really bad, you guys. Let me, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read off this chart to you guys about the different ones they're using to discuss this. So, change in America's confidence in major U.S. institutions, 2021, 2022. Um, I'm going to read you all a list of American uh, institutions in American society. Please tell me which confidence you yourself have in each one. A great deal, quite a lot, some or very little. Um, wait, I'm not going to do this one. Wrong, a wrong one. Here we go. This one I want. So small businesses, and I have this broke up into the parties. Um, so there's they have the Republicans, they have independents, they have Democrats. Small businesses. Republicans um, believe in them, 77% of them did, yes. Independent, 70%, Democrats, 64 The military, 81% for Republicans, 71% now in 2022. and 2021, Independents is 66%, now in 2022, 58%. Democrats, 68, 3%, 67%. Now, next is the police. The police is at 78%. Uh, in 2021 and now in 2022, it's 67%. And that's what the Republicans, independents, it's uh, significantly lower, 49% in 2021, 41% in 2022. Democrats, 30% in 2021 and 28% in 2022. So there's a whole bunch of different ones here. I'm going to hit on some of the, the, a few of the ones that are most makes more sense in a sense. The medical system, since we were just going through the shutdowns and COVID and vaccines, let's go ahead and hit them. Um, in 2021, 34% with Republicans. Um, and then 31% in 2022. Independence, 42% in 2021, 38% in 2022. Democrats, 55% in 2021, and 2022, it went down to 46%. So next, I'll go with banks because actually schools, this is public schools. These are all important, but I'll hit them up. Public schools for Republicans in 2021, 20%. 2022, 13%. Independence was... 30%, it went down to 29%. Democrats, 44% to 43%. Uh, banks, 35% in 2021 for Republicans. Uh, went down to 23%. Independents, 33% in, you know, in 2021 and 27% now. Democrats for banks, 34%, um, down to 31%. Uh, let's go down to newspaper, no, presidencies. We can do that. I guess we could do all branches of governments. We're going to do the Supreme Court. 36% were Republicans for, for 2021, 39% in 2022, uh, for the Supreme Court. Independents, 33% down to 27. Democrats, 34 to 31. The presidency, Republicans, uh, in 2021, 12%. And then 2% in 2022. Uh, independents, 31%, down to 18%. This is a presidency, folks. Democrats, 69% to 51%. Now let's get to the newspapers. Um, in 2021, Republicans uh, had confidence in newspapers, uh, 8%. 
and it's down to five now. Independents, it was 19 down to 12. Democrats, 38 down to 35. Uh, the criminal justice system, Republicans, 17% down to 10. The independents, 23 to 16 now. And Democrats, 16 to 13. Um, television news, 6%, and it went up 8% for the Republicans. Uh, independents, 13, down 8. Uh, Democrats, 26, down 20. And last but not least, Congress, the ones sending all our money over to Ukraine and just writing checks and doing whatever they want to. Republicans' confidence in the Congress it was at 6%. It's now 5 Independents, 12, down to 7 And Democrats, 17, down to 10 um, that's really bad. That is significantly bad. And what kind of really makes me a little frustrated and makes me a little worried is the fact if we have, we don't have uh, confidence in these different agencies in our country and especially Congress and we turn around in 2022, we're, it's looking like they're going to be, um, reelecting a lot of the same people and they'll probably do the same thing in 2024. And if it's, if that's really the case, how American, the American society feels, I feel like this movement should be so much easier to accomplish. And I feel like uh, if the same people keep staying in office after these kind of numbers come out, then they're keeping, they're installing themselves. There's no confidence with them across, you know, the board with Republicans or Democrats or independents. So that's interesting. Uh, John, John said uh, Congress earned it. Yes, they, they definitely did. Privacy says zero. I have near zero trust in any government institution at this point. Ice judge 100%. Um, Flamethrower, I have 0% trust in government. Oh, he's right here. He could, he could say what he could. Go ahead, Flamethrower. Go ahead and say what you got to say. Yeah, well, I've, I've, uh, I've had 0% trust in the government for a long time. Uh, back in two thousand, back in two thousand eight, maybe I had twenty twenty five percent trust in the government, but uh, it's just I I've lived long enough to see that the government's just not trustworthy, and they deserve the mistrust. and And I I honestly think that Washington does see that, and one way they're responding to, uh, to that is. They're calling us the enemy, be, mm-hmm. rather than rather than saying, uh, rather than saying, okay, let's sit down with the people and see why they don't trust us, because uh, that a tyrannical government would just in with the in those numbers would say, okay, fuck it, they don't trust us, we're gonna make them trust us, uh, or else. And that's 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 the Biden approach. You're gonna do what the government says because we said so. And we don't care if you like it. But uh, but uh, but uh, and the GOP, like you said, they're not innocent. They're just sitting back and they're not they're not even opposing any of this shit. They're they're they don't real seem to realize the power that they have to fight this and. They're too scared to use it. It's like giving. Uh, it, it's like they're. It's like training a knight for war. I mean, you you put the you put him through all all the sword tri- sword and axe trials. You teach him how to put how to use a use armor and and to, and how to fight. And then you send him in the battlefield, and he doesn't want to fight. It's like 
why the hell uh, all that training went to waste. That's that's the way I look at today's con today's Republicans because they they claim that they're conservative. They claim that they believe in in freedom and liberty, but yet they're just as bad as the Democrats when uh, when anyone disagrees with them because they're all for censoring their opposition. Uh, and then when they're challenged, they instead of going toe to toe and fighting it out, that they'd rather just put up the white flag and be like the French. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you for uh, speaking on that. You know, it's it's and it's really telling. So the reason why I wanted to discuss that with you and it, seeing reading those numbers, I, I hope it didn't come off too boring. But that's actually good news for us. So when we see people talk about certain things on social media, when I say I have a different perspective from people, uh, when I talk to them in person versus social media, it's a, it's like night and day. People are disappointed in these institutions. But you turn around and see someone like Joe Biden or or um, the man who messed with Fang Fang getting 40, 45,000 likes on their tweets and or every time they say something, we know we know it's bullshit and it's fake. And so it's good news for us because we know that people are truly fed up and it'll be much easier to get people on board with the movement um, and, and getting them pulled away from these different institutions um, because it's not working out uh, with the, either one of the parties that we have a better chance of convincing a lot more people. And the cool thing about that, too, is that the small businesses have the most trust with the American people. American people trust small businesses more than any of those any of those other institutes. But small businesses are ran by people, regular people. If that if you guys think about that and connect those dots together, that's why I really want us to start talking to way more small businesses and get. I've been on LinkedIn. I, I wasn't necessarily using it. Now I'm using LinkedIn as a tool to talk to small business owners and set um, Zoom interviews and talk with them and kind of discuss what we're trying to do here and um, how we can work together um, for the future. So. We're going on the right path, and you guys can talk to small businesses, too. You guys can print off things from the website that's up there and then go talk to them and tell them what the movement's about. You know, it doesn't have to be a one-person show. Uh, it, it takes a team. It's going to take an army of us to get these things accomplished. So, yeah, that should be more motivation for you guys uh, to go and talk to small businesses. And then, you know, the ones – you can tell by the ones who didn't have, like, the mass, you know, ma- you know mandatory mass things on their sides and their doors. Certain things you can you can tell – uh, which businesses to talk to um, and get with and see if they can get on board with. And the, and the conversation should be discuss, uh, discussing what kind of regulations that their businesses are going through. And if they're getting a part of this movement and pushing this movement and, and, and fixing our government the way it's supposed to be can help those costly regulations or those regulations that may end someone's business or make it difficult to start a business because of those regulations that have been put forth by the government. But, uh, Leeweighing leeweighing from the discussion on um, the public opinion on in real life versus social media, um, and so I guess Elon Musk is saying that he wants to pull from the deal because um, Twitter is not being um, complacent about is they're not being transparent about the numbers of fake accounts that they have, and uh, you know you guys I've talked to you all and I showed you guys multiple. Um, Public figures on the both sides have about 40% of their followers are fake and they're not real. 
including Elon Musk. Elon Musk had like 70% fake followers on his account. Um, so the hundred million followers he has is probably more like 30 million because 70% of them are fake. So it's, it's the thing is what they do with these numbers and these bots is it, it changes the public perspective. And when they sit there and have a whole bunch of them saying one thing that actually isn't in America's interest, it looks like that's the popular opinion. Like I said, 45,000 likes for a Biden tweet. Come on now. <laughs> We're in the real world. And also, if they have big accounts and blue checks mark, it kind of gives them the authority. So people think that they have some authority. I know we're good. We don't think that way, but a lot of other people do. People have that sheep mentality. Oh, they have a big account, they have a blue check mark. So yeah, we, we have, what they say is a uh, it's gold. So that's a big thing. But I'm curious, uh, you know, Robert, um, what your thoughts are on it. But I have a question. I think this could go to court, and I want it to go to court. I want Twitter to be exposed. Um, for their operations, and then possibly businesses will sue them for advertising to fake people. Um, and it actually shows that Twitter, uh, they have influenced our, our elections um, and how they've changed perspectives and acted as if the people on Twitter think a certain way when they don't. And I told you guys, it's on both sides. It's not just one side they do this for. You see there's certain mega large um, public figure accounts on the conservative side that didn't lose any followers and didn't lose their accounts. And so you guys have to think about this thing. They act like it's just, oh, the lefts and the socialists are getting to keep their accounts and and then we, we lose ours. You know, you guys haven't lost your accounts. And then they'll, they'll say, make a news article, oh, such and such lost their account. I'll click on their account and it's still there. So you were on timeout for three hours or seven hours or something, and you acted like you lost your account permanently. You made that news. Are you serious? But let me let me tone it back down, Robert. What are you thinking? I I was taking some notes, by the way. So first, I'd like to comment on your thing with small businesses. That's actually a good idea. I I thought of I thought of three. Uh, three questions that we could possibly ask small business owners. The first is, what regulations harm your business the most? And then second, what would you consider a, a fair tax rate and what kind of taxes? And third, what taxes would you abolish given the opportunity? You know, Those are good, good questions. Can you email those to me? Yeah, I can because... Uh, I can, and and uh, maybe ask uh, do do your customers uh, do your customers ever comment on on the sales sales tax or or regulations? You know, because I know some people have their complaints too. Because, for example, I hate alcohol taxes. I think it's I think it's a prohibition era regulation. That the that needs to go because uh, why should I oh why should I have to spend nearly twenty bucks on a bottle of liquor? I mean, really? I mean that's that's some bullshit. Uh, now and inflation too, like how that affects the business and then you know their pricing and what kind of sales they can have. 
and the discounts they could provide because myself, I have merch on my website and they tell me that the price is going to go up because of um, the cost of gas and inflation going on across the globe. And so that that affects me trying to sell merch and trying to do something on on my uh, page. And if I if I were to increase the prices, people would be less likely to buy it. People have their needs and doing buying merch from my website is not a top need. And if the price goes up, they're going to least likely want to purchase from it. And then and if the price doesn't go up much, then it's much it's not as much of a profit from it. So that's a big thing too. Right, because I think the focus when talking to business owners is we got to focus on the cust out on customer relations because. Because customer relations is the reason the businesses exist in the first place is to serve the customer, and and we and I think we got to hone in on on how the government intruding in their affairs uh, affects affects their customer base because no customers equals no money equals no business. Yeah, you know the other thing too is. I bet we all love our pay time and a half and we work, you know, extra on holidays, you know, but that shouldn't be forced by the government. That should be a benefit of the company can offer. Now, the corporations may have an easier job doing that because they're larger. And if something happens to them, the government always seems to bail them out. But these smaller businesses, it's a lot harder. I've talked to small businesses. I've sold uh, insurance to them before, and they try to find the best benefits they can for their employees. But it's just really expensive and they can't hire as many people. As they, as help, there's as much help that they need too sometimes because of these regulations and these rules and um, having to pay people certain things if if it's a, if it's a holiday. There's a lot of things that these uh, the government has done. Like we may not be like, oh yeah, what's we want to we want to keep that because we like that benefit. But is it fair to the businesses to force them to do that? And also too, like for example, some of these holidays are religious holidays. Where's the separate? Where's the where's the difference between okay now this is a religious holiday and we're gonna as a business we're gonna force you to have to pay your employees for a holiday and you necessarily may not be a religious person but you don't have a chance the opportunity really to opt out so um go if Robert you want to add anything else before we get to some of the callers so we can discuss um, Brittany and um um the, it's not that much of a discussion to have if you want to bring her up. But if you heard her speaking earlier, please let me know what you thought when you heard that. Two, we were talking about businesses and the institutions in America and our confidence is uh, low on that. And then Elon Musk. And any other kind of important news, please do bring that up. But also, let's try not to have really, really long monologues and kind of be curious so that we can make sure everyone that's up here gets a chance to speak. And if we, if we have time for you to come back up again, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Want to add anything real quick, Robert? Before we get to Cole, uh, I twas twa, I was going to write a beautiful Shakespearean soliloquy. Oh man, I'm kidding. Okay, <laughs> so um, that's also that's that's also a good question though. As insurance as insurance costs and 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 mand- and and mandatory. Uh, and mandatory government holidays hurt your business. That's a good question to ask as well. Um, as far as as far as Twitter, my thoughts are very simple. E- that Twitter, uh, that Elon Musk is basically calling them out for a bad deal uh, because he 
because Twitter thought Twitter naively thought that he wouldn't discover the bots. He discovered the bots. He called them out, and you can't. And and then he turned around and said, "Hey, you're giving me the bad a bad sale of goods here because um, that's because there is something called false advertising." And and uh, I forget what other legal uh, legal principle there is related to business. Uh, uh, but oh, fraud! Co- yeah, because fraud's a huge thing with contracts. So uh, so honestly, they gave him a fraudulent deal. So he's saying, "Yo, cut the price, or I'm out." Because because I'll buy it with these bots, but I'm not paying you the full price with these bots. I'll buy it as is, but you gotta give me an as is price. You know what? I think that's the narrative. I think Elon Musk knew that that Twitter was full of bots. I knew they were full of bots. There were articles out before that said that Twitter had a whole bunch of bots on their accounts, and it had a high percentage of them that were bots. And Twitter admitted they had that. So. I I'm gonna say that I think he knew and that they had a bunch of bots and it's like no way that he did not know, and I think it's it, I think the narrative is saying acting as if he didn't realize they had all these bots on Twitter when it's been public information and known that they have a, a lot of bots on that platform, and I think that this is gonna go to court. This may be some way to expose Twitter. I don't know what the end goal is, but I think he knew beforehand that they had all these bots on Twitter, and and I wasn't surprised. Um, I don't. I'm not sure why he was surprised. You know, as a you know smart businessman, to not have dug into that first before making that kind of purchase. So yeah, I think it's going to end up going to court because you know Twitter is talking about suing him if if he doesn't buy it, buy their bots. So. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get to Cole and then private and then John. Anybody else who wants to come up and speak, I'm going to go in order. So please hop up here now so I know that you want to go. It gives me an idea on what time we're going to close out the show. All right. First up, Cole, how's it going? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Good. What are your thoughts on the discussion this evening? I can talk for hours about it. Elon Musk was letting all Twitter users know about the bot. Alright, that's my first point. And, and I've been focusing on Georgia quite a lot lately because their primaries was in May and they want um, see, they're suing every county in Georgia to unseal the ballots right now to see who actually won outright. So that's a win for the American people. And what else? Like, boy, there's a lot going on, like, what I'm saying is, this, the constitutional group is growing in each state because 
I can't remember his name right off the bat, but he's working with all counties in Georgia right now. I'm selling the um, ballots, trying to get the truth out there and stuff. And I heard Texas undid the electors. And, and that's basically all it. Hey, thank you for, thank you for bringing up Texas too, by the way. I forgot to bring that up. Um, I, I did a space last night, Cole, and I was talking about my disappointments. Hey, can you mute your mic for me for a second? Thank you. I was um, in a space last night. We, we created one, Robert and I, and uh, we were discussing our disappointments in conservatives for a number of things. But one thing that came up was Greg Abbott and how all the conservatives had jumped on the bandwagon of uh, saying, oh, look at him. He did something. The first governor to do this and that. And I'm like, how many times do I gotta share this, this Texas constitution where it says the governor has the authority to call on the militia if there's an invasion at our borders? I'm reading what his statement said. It didn't say nothing about an invasion in it. And it says, it's, oh, we're just gonna have people doing something at the border for the most part. That's, that's pretty much all he's doing. And then we're praising him for doing, first of all, his job. This has been going on since 2021, where they're flooding through the state. So we're now in 2022. How many people have crossed the border at Texas? How many lives were lost? How many people were injured coming across that border? But people still want to point fingers just at Biden. You got an Arizona governor that's a Republican. You have Abbott, who's a Republican. If they didn't want people crossing the border, they have the authority, both constitutions, to give them authority to do something when there's an invasion. And so sitting there, see, that's why where it comes down, more proof that there's sheep on both sides. So when your public figures are praising somebody, you jump up and praise them too. You don't even know what you're praising people for. You, have, you, have you all read the Texas Constitution? Do you, you all really care about solutions? And I'm going to call out, what is it, Real American Voice, um, some of these um, Fox News. Fox News trials say that, that he um, implied an invasion clause. No, he did not. They didn't say invasion on his letter. So stop, stop lying for these politicians. So both sides lie. And they're both capping cap, cap or what's the, I always mess this up. They're always um, simping for their Republican figures. And my other problem I have with call, the conservatives doing this is you're quick to, to attack and be mad at Democrats for not doing things constitutionally. But you sit there and make excuses for Abbott. Someone made I saw an excuse on Twitter. They responded to me. They said, um. They said, oh, well, what if he does do something that federal government can come in and shut it down? So what you're telling me to do, are the governor just not going to do his job because the federal government can come and shut him down? At least do his job. And if the federal government comes in and tries to shut them down, they can sue them for it. The states have rights. And if the governor of Texas has a right to do something. So that was my other um, piece I forgot to bring up, too. The people over here praising Abbott for doing something when he has actual authority to actually use the militia to stop an invasion at the border. But he still hasn't done it. This is all for election clout. And then the, the um, right side, right wing media is lying on his behalf. And that's dangerous because if you really care about the port, the border and people's safety, then you wouldn't be lying for the man for his reelection. Go ahead, Cole. Hey, Norm. 
more thing, Donnie. This is going to be Supreme Court for the legislators, all because they make all these unconstitutional laws, but the legislators have to do it. So, pretty much in um, October, that can go to the Supreme Court, too. Because the legislature didn't make those laws, so really it will get overthrown by the Supreme Court. What, what, you, what are you talking about? Are you talking about um, Abbott, what he can do? No, like, you know how all the governors make these laws about our lesson laws? Mm hmm. Oh, I gotcha, yeah. And and I have to go for the legislature to be a lesson law because it's per se the um lectors. So yeah, that they did that. What they did that already with Wisconsin. Basically, this one will take care of all fifty states. Awesome, but hey, Cole. I appreciate your time and come up here and drop in your gems. We're going to get to private next. And Robert, did you want to add anything before we get to private? So far, so good. Awesome. Hey, private. How's it going? What are you thinking about uh, these topics this evening? What's up, Savage Donnie? What's up, Robert? What's up? What's up? All right. Um, Basically, Government's keeping all the money. People are essentially slaves, slave wages. There's something's going to have to give. These numbers are low. That's why they want our guns. Because uh, of people, as I'm speaking hypothetically, if people did a hypothetical January 6th like they did before and even half those people were armed, it would have been over already. And that's why they're so scared about January 6th, because people could could do this peacefully. But the problem is, you know, uh, nothing really happened. I mean, you remember uh, the Bundy Ranch scenario in Nevada? No. Uh, let me explain that. Uh, what was going on is the EPA was making up bullshit about some kind of I think it was like a some kind of small animal or bug or something saying there a rabbits I think it was. Anyways, it was some kind of small critter that was gonna be extinct, blah blah blah. So that's why they were trying to kick all these ranchers off their land. You know, pretty much bullying tactics and uh the Bundys, what they did is they said, No, enough's enough and they got all their friends, they got rifles and everything, and they said, We're not moving, you're not selling, you're not coming on our land and they pointed it at the uh, EPA people, you know, they're, they're thugs. And they had a standoff, and the government backed down. No shots were fired. But when you protest armed, things happen, you know, are more favorably. But, uh, you know, all these corporations, you know, banks, everyone, they make so much damn money, and they get all these kickbacks. I mean, Walmart's making what, three, four, five billion a year. A lot of a lot of these little companies, uh, 
like Target, these truck stops are all making billions every quarter and most of their employees are paying like twelve, thirteen dollars an hour. And the biggest problem is is that they're all greedy hogs. They all want to take care of Wall Street and they don't want to care about Main Street. And Main Street is struggling right now. They're struggling hard with those gas prices, and it's not right. And that's why people just don't like anything about the government. I mean, look at look at the police. They're taking bribes from the gangs in Chicago, and they're basically stopping people from fighting back because they want that money from the drug drug lords, you know, the gangbangers. You know, uh, you go to any major city, it's like that. And that's why people hate the police, because they're just the gang themselves. It's not every police officer, but, you know, the drug units, they're typically the ones that are, you know, bought and paid for. And it's all the money's at the top. It's, it's just getting worse and worse. And the middle class is going away. And it just, it has to change. I don't know what else to say. It's just all this corruption, just the pedophilia is just really bad in Congress. Who knows how many Republicans are pedophiles? I'd like to know, to be honest, because I know they're out there. But a lot of Democrats, the leadership, are definitely all pedophiles. That's the only way that they can get this corrupt and this bad. They used to be like Donald Trump. You know, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer were exactly like Donald Trump when they first came in. And now they're bought and paid for. Yeah, thank you so much, Privacy, for saying that. And I want to add on to what you said with, with Soul's comment in the live chat. He said, the billionaires that are blue check marks on Twitter that people think have power to me seem to tell people what they want to hear. So we can continue to buy their goods, regardless of the illegal, unethical things they keep doing, uh, keep going behind the scenes. Look at Amazon charging new fees because of high, um, high, Ass prices. I'm not for sure if that was a typo. Um, OSHA violations. Uh, Tesla using child labor. OSHA violations. So, like, here's another thing too. I want when I want to challenge you all is next Friday when we um we get up here and we have a conversation. Um, let me know. Talk. To, let me know. Talk to at least one business this week, you guys. One, and then ask them those questions. Robert asked. We can uh, send you those questions. Um, we can put them on the website so you guys can have the, like a little spreadsheet so you can ask yourselves and come back. And then we'll talk about what they're, they're feeling, what they're thinking. And, um, you know, the Patriots had to have uh, their our founding fathers. The Patriots had to have money to do movement. They had to have these certain business, these businesses and business owners to help you know back them to take on the crown. We can do the same thing. Um, we have to get these small businesses on our side. We people have confidence in them. I have confidence in them personally, and I, I believe that as, as citizens and small businesses, we can come together and we, it'll be easier for us to tackle this government peacefully and uh, get it back. So um, what are you thinking about that, sir? Uh, me? Um, okay. Well, the first thing I'm thinking is that Republicans have been sticking to the trickle-down theory since Ronald Reagan and it just it doesn't work because the theory go basically says that uh, says that when you when you allow rich pe- 
rich business owners to keep their to keep most of their money, it naturally benefits the lower uh, the workers. And we know very well that that is just not true. Because how how many times have we seen workers get screwed over by their employers? Um, I guarantee you, if you ask around any corporation uh, that uh, and you talk to their workers, uh, you'll find that in American corporate culture, very often uh, the CEO, the board, the top people, they get... Uh, they they get a very generous array of benefits, and they get a nice pensions, the stock options, and as well as an extremely comfortable income. And while the workers are working for peanuts, and the company is desperately trying to avoid paying benefits to people, um, I that. I've been talking to a lot of people over over the years, and I'm far from the only one that's having trouble with today's corporate culture, especially in terms of job search. Companies don't value customer service anymore. Uh, I remember back in ni- the 1990s that uh, I, that I remember uh, the I remember the idea is uh was that if you if you treat your workers well and you respect the customer and provide the customer with a valuable product or service as well as continuing customer service in where applicable then you're going to have a successful business and that's always been true and but many of today's businesses abandoned that philosophy let me ask you this: How many? How many? Uh, just give me a thumbs up if you've if you've uh, ever been to a McDonald's and 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 you've had uh, had them uh, screw up your order and then pitch a fit when you say, uh, "Hey, I asked for this, but you gave me that." You know, just give me some emojis if that's ever happened to you. You know, thank you. So I know that, I mean, that's, that's just one very common example. Uh, so uh, that, uh, you, could, you could go through many examples of that. But today's corporate culture also needs to be fixed. Uh, because work from home, that, uh, that was another thing that really got a lot of employers pissed off because a lot of these um, a lot of these Karens and Kens and management they enjoy their micro uh, micromanagement they they like knowing what every worker is doing every second of the day some of them even treat their employees like company property because I remember store here I remember over the years hearing stories of people who their employers asked them to. Uh, come into work at odd times of the day, or come in on their day off, and it was like, "Fuck you! You, I'm, I'm not on the clock, and I'm not coming in." And so, uh, honestly, uh, we, the, and now let me make the one thing crystal clear: I am, and the, I am not saying the big business needs to be 
destroyed because big business does provide a valuable service, but the culture of business needs to be fixed. A lot of websites, for example, depend on Amazon Web Services. You know, but but uh, and it's a very valuable service. Netflix wouldn't run. Facebook wouldn't run. Many sites wouldn't run without services like AWS. But the problem is, is that these corporations, they they use that power and influence, and then and then they take advantage of their workers and the people that depend on them. Yeah, definitely. They do. Um, Private, can you go ahead and go go ahead? Uh, real quick, I told I like I don't mind anyone coming up here and having a conversation, but when you're in the comment section, literally being divisive, I heard what Private said. He he said both sides. I'm not going to. We're not. We're trying to have productive conversations here. So just to come up here, just for the sake for attention and arguing, we're not going to do that. Um, but yeah, Private definitely said both of them, and he's curious. And then I saw something about Matt Gates in there. We have already discussed this on the show about Matt Gates with Shaka. So. Uh, people just have this mentality. Like, let me come in here and own these people because we've clearly shown that we we don't have we don't pick sides. So just to come up here just to be bored on Friday and start shit, we're not doing that. But go ahead, private. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that I do not like either side. I can't stand the Democrats, but I'm really not liking Republicans at the moment, especially leadership. We got screwed in 2016 where they could have passed Kate's law, which protected American citizens from repeat offenders, uh, like murderers that are illegal aliens. They, we could have had national repercussity. It was the Mitch McConnell. He is absolutely the biggest threat to the Republic. You can imagine because he's blocked all of this stuff. You know, uh, also there was a law named, uh, for a trucker that was murdered in his truck because the company didn't allow him to carry a legal gun that he could have had. I forget what that's called, but he blocked all three of those bills. And I just can't stand these people. They don't care about us. You know, they get all these kickbacks. It's just Ron in 2011. If you were paying attention, Ron Paul had enough people had enough. Um, what are the things they need? Uh, delegates. He had enough delegates for a brokered convention and they drove that bus around where the people would not change the, the the law at the last minute and they just drove around in circles. Oh, there's no place to park, no place to park. And the rhinos paid that bus driver off so they could screw Ron Paul. And Ron Paul would have won in a broker convention. And we wouldn't have not had Obama second term. We would have had Ron Paul as the president for eight years in a row. And we never would have got Trump. We never would have got him. Trump is the, is the product of screwing uh, Ron Paul. That's why we had Trump, and that's why we have all these problems. Boom. Absolutely. Thank you, Private, for dropping your gems. Next up, we have John. I saw Soul, you're up here, but you fell down for some reason. I'm not sure where you came down. You can come back up if you'd like to. North, if you're not going to be divisive, you can come up, too, if you want to. But, yeah, we want to have productive conversations, so that's what we're doing this evening. Uh, Hey, John, how's it going? Great, Donnie. Uh, you know, great, great points. Uh, yeah, I just want to make a comment what Private says. I remember that when the Bundys <clears throat> stood down the uh, government 
And that was really a great moment. Uh, I remember that when they had, you know, they, you know, all their neighbors and the ranchers brought their guns and they shouted, they shouted down the government and they backed off. They backed off. It was a, it was a great thing to see. And, uh, I think that really freaked out the government though. There's no question because they could see when people band together and they have their guns, what they can accomplish. And, uh, but it was a great moment. And Donnie to you, um, you know, when you're talking about Abbott, you know, this goes back even before Abbott, you know, you remember Rick Perry was, you know, when he was governor, he really encouraged, you know, the border crossings as well. And, And remember that really hurt him in the debates when he says, well, if you're not willing to help them and give them all this stuff for tuition and all this stuff, he says, well, then you don't have a heart. And that really sunk him when he was in those debates and those Republican debates. And, uh, but you know, a lot yeah. of it started with Perry and then, 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 you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it's not being changed now either. Abbott's not changing it either, but, uh, it goes back a ways, but it's the Republicans that have been doing this. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I think it was interesting, too, today, you know, Shinzo Abe from, uh, uh, what was he, Prime Minister of Japan, I guess, was assassinated. And I heard people talking about this because they said, you know, he was the only world leader left that wasn't for globalism. And it's interesting because they said, you know, he caught a lot of heat for that. But he just didn't want to be part of all the globalist uh, agenda and all of that and uh, got assassinated, as we all know. Uh, I guess it was in the early morning or like late last night or something like that, which is, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if it was part of a you know conspiracy or what, but I mean, and I don't know if it'll be dug into and we'll get any answers to that, but uh he was the only world leader really left that just wasn't buying into all that, which is interesting. And uh, also, you know, it's just interesting. You know, they continue to uh, assault on our food, our water, and our energy. And, you know, this is a plan, uh, you know, where they're going to make us more and more. They're going to try to make us more and more weaker and more dependent on them. And you can just see it unfolding. There's uh, decisions constantly being made that affect those three things. And when you control those three things, I mean, it can you can really make it hard for the people. And I really do believe it's a concerted effort to do that. And uh, and also uh, what what Robert said, you know, like Republicans don't realize the power they have. Uh, They do. They do realize the power. They just don't want to do anything about it. They're all part of it. They're all part of the uniparty. They're all against us. And, uh, you know, we've all echoed it. It's just a very disappointing and very sad thing to see that, uh, uh, you know, it's it's up to us. It's up to us, like you said, Donnie. And and, uh, we, you know, it's just uh, nothing's going to change in Washington. They're going to keep spending money. We're going to keep going in debt. We're going to keep getting weaker. Um, They're going to continue to sell us out. Uh, Corporations will continue to get stronger. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just not going to change. It's not going to change. Everybody in Washington just totally bought off. I had a friend who, uh, sent a letter to John Cornyn, you know, voicing his displeasure over what Cornyn did as far as helping craft together that gun control bill and what he got back. He got an ad, he got an email back and, you know, it went into, it was a very cookie cutter type of letter where, 
you know, he said, I'm very proud to have done this. And, you know, we want to save lives and all this stuff. And, and, uh, it just made me more disappointed, more determined than ever. Uh, cause I, you know, I told him, I said, well, you know, this didn't come from corn, you know, it was some intern or somebody that, you know, it's just a canned letter that they send out. But, uh, you know, they just are so out of touch and they don't care. They're just, they have their own agenda and they're still, they're, they're marching to it and, uh, the people be damned. And, uh, that's what, that's about what I got to say right now. Oh yeah, Absolutely. And uh, that's the other thing that like, I was saying last night, too, on that um, on that space. I was saying how I'm so irritated with the conservatives saying, oh, well, we're just going to go with a Republican because we'll get stuck with a socialist Democrat. And I'm just like, I voted for John Cornyn and he votes with Democrats. So excuse me um, if I'm not going to play the same bullcrap game and keep doing the same thing over and over again, ex- expecting different results. And in a sense, I will take responsibility, too, because I wasn't paying attention to those primaries when they were going on. I didn't know who was running up against them in the primaries, but I pay attention to the primaries now. So, you know, you well, learn I, lessons. I think it will be different. I mean, somebody will emerge. I mean, shoot, if nobody does, I think I'll just do it. But, I mean, Cornyn is very, very vulnerable. I mean, there is a very – I think there people are really disappointed in him this time. And I think it's like you said, Donnie, people are going to wake up more and more. But I think people really realize that Cornyn is not on their side. I mean, he got booed off that stage, as we all know. Uh, and that Republican convention was here in Houston uh, a few weeks ago. And, uh, I mean, if you saw videos of that, I mean, he was booed off the stage. And uh, people are fed up. They're fed up. I think people are really getting pushed to the brink. And, uh, you know, everybody knows something's wrong. I mean, those poll numbers that you talked about show it. And, uh, and it's both, it's, it's Democrats and Republicans. I was in a, a talk thing last night. You know, we went, from, we went from 11 to 3.30 in the morning last night. But it was, it was uh, people that were conservatives as well as, as uh, well, people on the right and on the left. But everybody was saying the same thing. I mean, even the people on the left were saying, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the Democrats. And they don't really, they really don't represent. I mean, they were saying things that, you know, like, like Robert was echoing. They said, you know, the Democrats have gotten way off the wagon. And, of course, the people that were, that thought of themselves being more conservative were saying the same thing. I mean, it's, the Republicans have, are way lost. And so it was interesting because everybody was voicing the same. And everybody there was talking about that also, the need for a uniparty. I mean, they were just saying, you know, and I think people are really waking up more and more. And it's been kind of surprising or actually, I shouldn't say surprising, but it's encouraging because people are really wake. I think people are really waking up. They really are. And uh, I think a lot of these types of forms are really, really good because people People see what's going on. I mean, you know, the, the politicians are just not, absolutely not in any way, shape, or form paying attention to us. They they really, really don't care. They march to a different drummer, and, uh, you know, they don't care. They just don't care. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys see where Alex Jones was hyping up MTG to run for president? I... I don't know y'all's reactions. If you did see it, what your reaction is to it now hearing that, I would just like, 
I don't trust either one of you. Why would this be a discussion? Like, wow. Yeah, that's, I'm just, I'm not feeling that. I, I think Alex Jones peaked a few years ago. Um, because I've noticed that he's somewhat joined the MAGA train, just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, despite insisting that he would never join it. Well said. And, and, and Alex Jones, he felt, he fell for some of the Trump propaganda. And, and look, I, and now I will admit for, I will openly admit, yes, up to like mid twenty twenty, I was, I was, uh, I was full MAGA, but um, I eventually, I, but after January sixth, I was. That's when I just, I officially left the MAGA train. I, and and I'm I'm done. I'm done with that. And and as far as Infowars, I mean, uh, honestly. I I just think Alex Jones in the beginning yeah he was good he used to have a lot of good information and and I think I think Joseph Paul Watson I think for a while he was good but eventually but I think eventually it's just uh, infowars isn't even what it used to be it, it's like every it's like every media there's always a cycle I mean that where they it, you know they say everything has a sunrise and a sunset and and just like everything just just like everything I mean I think infowars is they peaked out a long time ago you know that's well said Robert I think I think uh, uh, you know and I, I was behind Trump in the beginning I mean you know it was it was refreshing that somebody was saying the things and doing the things that he was doing. Where he lost me was with the vaccine. I mean, when he was pushing the vaccine and saying the things that that he was saying, that's where he really lost me. And then, you know, when I looked into it, I mean, I saw where uh, Big Pharma really, really had him. I mean, they they were into him. I mean, they they funded a lot of his inauguration and the whole bit. And it, I, you know, kind of all came to light. And, you know, he's still, he's still pushing it. And it, it just really infuriates me. And uh, that's, when I, that's when I started really, really questioning it. And that's where he really lost me. And, and really the Republicans really lost me, uh, you know, again. And, and uh, um, not that I was really Republican. I, I, you know, I've always thought of myself as independent. But, I've, you know, I thought 2016, you know, again, it was Trump was kind of a refreshing voice. And, uh, you know, then, of course, I got on board with, with Reagan. That was the first time I voted. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's but the problem, too, is you just don't have much choice with these two parties. I mean, it was brutal, like when Bush was running against uh, Clinton and, and uh, you know, you had uh, McCain versus Obama. I mean, Jesus. And Romney versus Obama. I mean, it, it was... It was tough. I mean, I, you know, I just vote independent. Yeah, let me let me play this um, interview they did. If you guys can't hear it very well, please let me know. So I'm not just playing um, something you can't hear. Let me go ahead and, and roll it for you now. Hold on.
What are your thoughts? Donnie, we didn't I, hear I anything. Would, Why didn't y'all tell me? Yeah. We, I asked check you guys your, to tell me. Check your, check, uh, we've been uh, writing it in chat for a while. I can't, I, was, I can't, I can't see it if I'm playing it on my phone. We, we, we didn't hear anything. Oh, I'm we, sorry. We all, we were, I, that's I, why I wanted y'all to verbally tell me you couldn't hear it. Donnie, we thought the vet, feds I, got you. I, I, I was about to turn on the uh, Cisco call manager wait music. <laughs> well, y'all are terrible. You should have told me y'all couldn't hear that. <laughs> I am. I am so mad. Chat, Donnie, I can't. I can't see the chat. It was playing. It was playing on my phone. So I, if I'm on Twitter, and you're playing a video. If you leave the screen, the video stops. So I, I couldn't see it. So I asked y'all to tell me if you couldn't well, we hear tried. it. I mean, that, what else could we do? Not verbally. <laughs> oh, well, well, we sorry. Because there wasn't any verbal. All right, you guys. I'm going <laughs> to play it from the laptop. And if you oh can't hear it, verbally tell me you can't hear it, please. Hold on. Oh, my God. I think you would be poll better and be a better candidate Can for president of DeSantis yeah. uh, and, and, and Trump. So would you yeah. take a VP slot with either one of them? Or I'd rather just go ahead and back you for president. <laughs> no, you laugh Thank at that, you, but see, but see, exactly. no, 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 you're way smarter than, I'm serious. You're just as smarter, smarter than both of them. And you've got the guts we need. Everybody loves you. I'm serious. We need to think about MTG president here or and find some other great, smart woman. Blow the left away. Hey, we'll have two women. I don't give a damn. Just give me Patriots. Get the new world order off my back. Stop the drag queen story time. Stop men competing in women's sports to control our borders. We want you MTG. Well, thank you, Alex. And I, I will tell you, it's, it's not something I don't consider. But you know, I'm the kind of person, if I ever engage in something, I'm going to win. And uh, I, I won't do something unless I think it's possible. But I will tell you, the way you've seen President Trump attacked, uh, they would do far worse than to me because they know. I'm going to pause it real quick. I, have a, I want you all to think about that. She says, I'm not going to run for something unless I know I can win. What's going to let you know that you could win that seat? And then she jumps in and talks. She's about to talk about the establishment and if she were to run, how they would go after her. So a lot of these people, how did y'all get these seats in the first place? Because establishment made sure you got them seats. So what do you mean you're not going to do it unless you know you can win? Unless someone told you they're going to make sure you win? I mean, question that. Start asking those questions. I'll let them finish. Why can I not hear this now? Or what they make up or what they exaggerate or what they twist. Let me ask you this. Would you be a VP for Trump or DeSantis? Yes, that would be something I, I definitely would consider. But you know the establishment is going to push hard for a vice president for either one of them, um, which, whichever one is, is running. I think we know President Trump is running. But you know the establishment is going to push hard for, for a different type of uh VP, similar to what we always see. So they would hate to see strong uh, president and vice president America first, both both of them lined up. That would sure. Be I just say we leapfrog the whole thing. I say we leapfrog the whole thing and just <laughs> who would you support for your vice president? Let's just go ahead and draft you right now. <laughs> well, we can't we can't really do that. But I I can tell you what I think. Uh, I know President Trump is definitely going to run. I. All right, now y'all's thoughts on that. Very disappointing. Okay. Yep. Okay, okay. First of all, um she she sounds like she's very hard in the Trump camp. Uh she uh I think she's made crystal clear that she has no 
no courage to go against the the establishment because I'll tell you right now if I wanted to be if I wanted to be president, uh, uh, I would I wouldn't fear the establishment. I'd assume that they're going to be my enemy, and I would and I would take a courageous stance. And I would tell I would say fuck both parties. I'm running as an independent and to be your president. That's that's the approach I take. But the fact that she's afraid of the establishment, that makes me wonder what kind of dirt do, do they have on her? Because uh, we all know well that you don't get a position like hers in Congress uh, and get the media attention without them having some kind of dirt on you. What about her past do they know? Now, I know one thing. Lauren Boebert, you know, she has nothing to worry about because she, she doesn't, at least so far, at least so far until evidence is otherwise shown, I mean, she's very open about the fact that she used to be an exotic dancer. Okay? So I give her, I give her credit for that. You know, that doesn't mean I trust her, but at least she's open about her past. And, you know, if a woman wants to be an exotic dancer... I mean, hey, that's the idea of freedom. So, I mean, it's her body, her choice, right? <laughs> well, I'm going to say I, I saw that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, no. Like, that that was my response. And I'm like, so now we're trying to play this little idea that she may run for president or maybe be the VP pick. This They do this on purpose, trying to drop these gems. And Alex Jones is like, oh, no, let's just knock them all out the way and you run for president. What? That, that, that was hugely disappointing because, I mean, of course establishment is going to fight you. But, you know, you can run through or walk through fire, you know, if you, if you want the job. And, you know, and uh, she just doesn't have it. I, I, I. You know, right there, you find out she's all talk and very little action, and and uh, that was hugely disappointing. That that interview, that was very disappointing. I, and uh, and she signed that anti-Semitic bill that that infringed on her First Amendment rights. The only person who didn't sign that in the House was Matt. Um, I'm sorry, Thomas Massey. So she signed that. So I don't want someone in office that's going to be wow. loyal to um, Islam over America. You know, Donnie, I think you hit it right in the head. Uh, this was like months ago, I think. You know, you would said like, you know, the Republicans are going to sweep in, but people are going to be very disappointed. I, I think we're all going to be hugely disappointed when they get in 2022 and, you know, 2023, 2024. They're going to run the Congress probably. But we're all going to be hugely disappointed. And I think the time is going to be so ripe for another choice, a third party. You know, I, I think it's going to be so right because, and they're going to do it to themselves. They, they are. I mean, nothing's going to happen. I think it's you systematic know, there's corruption. These, there's, there's all, yeah, exactly. There, there's so many things that need to be investigated and done. Just Hunter, Hunter Biden alone, plus, you know, like, you know, the selling of our oil reserves to China. You know, you, yeah, that was supposed to bring the price down of gasoline. Instead, it all goes to China and India. That, that's that's impeachable right there. But the Republicans won't do it. They will not do it. And we we all, I mean, there should be they should be screaming in the Congress right now. I mean, but you don't hear a peep. 
And I, I, I have zero, zero faith in the Republicans. And I, I know we're all going to be disappointed. They're all going to, you know, it's going to, there's going to be a change, but, uh, you know, the polls are just really overwhelming, but, but, uh, we're all going to be really let down. It's going to happen. I don't trust Kevin McCarthy. I don't trust any of them. And it's, uh, it's you know, and DeSantis. My problem with DeSantis is he's he's you know his, his uh, foreign policy. I mean, he's very pro. Uh, from what I understand, he's very pro NATO and and you know getting involved in all this stuff over there. And that's hugely disappointing to me as well. So I mean, yeah, we just need that. My my belief just cut ties, but you know whatever. It, it but yeah, I I, I don't know. It's. Uh, it, we're going to be let down. We're going to be let down. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm preparing myself for it, but it's going to be disappointing. But uh, you know that that's what's coming. Yeah, and and both of these parties support all these unconstitutional agencies. Both yep. of these parties um, support this um, sending our money over to Ukraine, and and then and then just telling us so deal with it. So yeah, no. Neither party is for the people, but um, hey, Owen hasn't spoken yet. I'm gonna get Owen over, and, and um, I want to play something for y'all about the the border real quick. But I'll have Owen go first because uh, they haven't spoken at all yet. But John, as always, thank you for coming up and sharing your thoughts and your gems. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Owen. Enjoyed it. Of course. Hey, Owen. Hello. How are you today? Good. Oh, you kind of cut out. You still there? Yeah. Hello? How are you? Go ahead. Hey, oh, yeah, can Robert, hear. can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah, go ahead, Owen. Um, what's good? Sure thing. I wanted to ask you uh, both of you a question about uh, voting today. So, um, Within our exploitive society controlled by elites, how or why are working class voters supposed to believe that any politician is aligned with their economic interest without that uh, voter or voters also being a member or representative of a monetarily powerful group or organization? I, for me, honestly, what we discussed is we don't really have any, I feel like most people that are put in office are installed there in the first place. And we, it's like an illusion that we're voting and we're voting for who our new masters are going to be. Cause you're right. The whole thing with elites and uh, how powerful and how much money they have. That's why um, our big stance is to abolish the party system in general. I get it. People say, Oh, well, the libertarians had had a chance. The green party, those people didn't have a chance. They're going to infiltrate those parties anyway. So when our founding documents came into play and our founders, they were actually against um, party systems. And it showed like with just Adams and Jefferson alone, it went it went divisive right there. And so I believe the best solution is people fighting back. Um, We have to come together on this to fight to abolish the party system. We're going to try to do it peacefully. But they're not going to I don't think they're going to leave peacefully because, you know, you can't vote out tyrants. You, that's not how it works. I don't know any time in history where we were able to vote out tyrants. So when a lot of times we're talking about these things and these people who need to go, 
It's not that we're talking about we should vote them out. I, I've, I partake, participated in the voting process, and they decide who they want in there, regardless of who you vote for. It. And you can talk to a lot of people in real life, not just social media, not just on podcasts, who are disappointed and don't like either party. There are 77 million people that are qualified voters in, in America that do not vote because they don't like either party, and they say neither party represents them. So they just don't participate in the voting process. So at the end of the day, is we're going to have to start, um, I know people say we do things federally, but a lot of things we have to do is locally is abolishing these party systems and getting rid of them because they're the problems. Um, they've been selling America, Americans out. They're sending our money overseas um, and they tax the crap out of us. They have regulations where it's super hard to even start a business. They can take your land. They can tax you and you're dead. This is, this is, this is slavery. And it, a slave is actually someone who's owned. We're owned by the America, American government, and then we have to obey them. This is slavery. And it is just because we can go outside and walk around freely, smell fresh air, play video games, watch movies, or do whatever, doesn't mean that we're free. So that's my um, stance on that. Robert, did you want to go next? Uh, yeah, I was, I, was just, uh, it is, I was just typing something up. You're right. Owen, I know it's a bit of a black pill, but but you're abs- but we've been consistently saying none of us really have proper representation. And and I think that now there is one peaceful idea that we have had that to focus on writings because if if you can into into network outside the traditional system, don't you know? It, because one of the most effective tools we can we have we have is to just not engage. Because look what look what happens with companies. Okay, for example, people that don't agree with Pride Month, they can boycott businesses that that engage in Pride Month. And when they see it hits their sales numbers, they're then it'll force the companies in a position of do we disregard the customers and keep shoving it down their throats, or do we listen to the customers and risk pissing off the vocal minority, or or whatever the case is. Um, but but we force these companies in in a position. Because one of the things you got to understand is when politicians talk about uh, talk about economics, they're talking about the stock market. They're not talking about our income and our our income uh, like wages, salaries, etc. We're we're just servants to most of them, or we're just because they actually don't like the people that vote for them for the most part. At least I believe that anyway. Um, that when if you want to see what's going on with the political parties, follow the stock market. Because, for example, if you want to follow, if you want to see what's going on with the Republicans, follow uh, Exxon, Boeing, General Dynamics, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, etc. If you want to see what's going on, on the left, follow like the big pharma companies. And some and and a lot of the major retail companies, as well as some of the entertainment companies, 
but you gotta remember that this is this is a game the billionaires are playing. They look at us as pawns, and the more we wake up to the game, the more we realize that that we don't need to be just a product. We we are people, and we need to find ways to remind them that we are people. Get active with your local government. Um, I didn't start caring about local elections until like until like say 2016 when I saw that a lot of things in the federal government were changing, and I saw just how much influence like uh, like the D.C. federal judges, for example, have those. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize that until I saw just how much just how much that local lo- even your state courts can do. So pay attention to who's on the board of uh, to who's running for board of education, who's running for sheriff's office if that if that's up for election. Pay attention to who your governor is. The the your local government constitutionally is the most powerful your state is the second most powerful and the federal should be the least powerful and we got it flipped Hmm. thank you to both of you so much for answering my question um donnie do you mind answering a question about uh james clyburn and the rest of the black elites in the south I don't know who that is. Oh, James Clyburn? Mm-mm. Oh, so James Clyburn is a very popular black politician in the South, but I guess I can make my question wider about the black elites as a whole when it comes to how they uh, manipulate people with identity politics, if you're okay with me asking another question. Yeah, go ahead. Sure thing. So uh, let me see. How can we take it? Well, for those who believe that we can still take advantage of electoralism, uh, how can we take advantage of it when the black elite is using electoralism as a sort of liberal project to distract from any economic-based collective actions? Because I specifically believe that those like James Clyburn or or uh, Maxine Waters are uh, using their long-standing time within the Democratic Party and also their popu- long-standing popularity amongst older Black voters and Black people just in general to manipulate people away from more economic issues and away from the actual problems that these politicians are causing themselves when it comes to the conditions of their cities, like their water quality, as well as the amputation rate specifically in James Clyburn's area? So that's a really good question, Owen, and I'm so appreciative that you did ask that. So one of the things that we're trying to do uh, with this movement itself is out, get out and do community engagement. I'm trying to raise funds now so I can go across the country and talk to these different areas where we educate those kind of communities about our constitutional rights and our liberties. And once they realize, well, once people realize what their rights and liberties are, it's harder to 
trick them and fool them. I like myself, I, I wasn't able to be tricked and fooled into that because I already knew what, what the, uh, my constitutional rights were. And I'm also looking at, well, if, if you have to talk about spending all this money, then that's, that's just going to make you, me pay more in taxes or, and I'm looking at, at this as well is, okay, so if you guys have all these regulations in those particular communities, how can they grow? Regulations restrain people. So the point, the thing that we have to do, what Democrats did was outreach. They went to churches. They went and talked to these communities where Republicans actually opposed and didn't even do it at all. It's not like, oh, necessarily they hate the black community. They just didn't try because they're like, oh, if I can't win it, like how like MDG said earlier, if I can't win it, I'm not even going to attempt to outreach you know, to, to those communities. So we can be the people that's not affiliated with either one of these parties and start getting out there and, and talking to these people in their communities. One of these reasons why I have a podcast in the first place, and as you can kind of tell here, it's more of a community podcast where people can come up and we have discussions and people like yourself ask questions. I have a website as well. There's things on the website that you guys can um, show these people. And then also, if we can get people to uh, start handing out uh, constitutions in these neighborhoods, it's harder to rule over people when they're not ignorant of their rights. So the first thing we have to do is get into these communities, just like the Democrats were doing, but educate them like, hey, we're not trying to even get you to vote for us. We're not running for office. We just want you to stand with us up against these uh, elite establishment people who are lying to you and making these promises to you that, we have constitutional rights and then you guys have DAs and prosecutors and all these cops doing things in our community. They're actually unconstitutional and you guys get away with it because we didn't know these uh, rights and liberties. Another thing is um, when it, when it comes to the outreach, I try my best now before I was, I would like, Oh yeah. Own the libs own the libs. Now it comes down to, we need to have this conversation with people. I'm mad at the establishment Democrats. I'm mad at the Republican establishment. So I, I try to take a different approach when I'm talking to people. And right now, Owen, is the best time in my lifetime to go and talk to these people. People are hurting because of the gas prices. People are hurting because of prices of their groceries have all gone up. People are hurting because they're having a hard time paying their bills. Rent has gone up because of taxes. So if you're renting somewhere... Just because you don't have property taxes, you're still paying property taxes because you're the one paying the um, the inflation on those prices because of that. If you're trying to have a home, you have a home, and they're increasing property taxes, it makes it harder for you to be able to keep your home and have your legacy to pass on to your family because of taxes and these laws and regulations and, and these zoning laws telling you how you can and can't um, perform on your own land, your own property. The government don't have a right to tell you how to have, run your property. So when we start going out and have these discussions, and especially now when people are hurting, this stuff's on top of their mind. They're thinking about, man, I got to cut this out now. I can't get this now. I can't do this now because of money. This is the best time to actually talk to people because they can see what's going on. And we can point out these things are happening because of bad policy and a government, a tyrannical government that has overreached and overstepped. Mm, I, I agree 100 Thank you so much for answering both of, uh, both of you for answering and also have a nice rest of your evenings as well. You too, Owen. Make sure you come back, okay? Yeah, please do. You're welcome. Great questions. All right, let me go ahead and play this clip before I get to Seoul. Thank you for your patience. Let's see, we're at an hour and 20 minutes. So we'll stand here for a bit longer. 
Uh, let me go ahead and play this real quick about the border and it um, discussing how both sides don't care about it. Let me make sure I, this is a longer video, so I'll make sure I found the exact spot. So I'll give you one, bear with one moment. It's not playing. Each with its own bureaucracy and budget, expanding annually in a web of self Play. Finding irresistible the millions of new parasitic citizens and politicians coexist in fascist alliance, feeding off the productive citizens while breeding generations. I think I'm scrolling too much. One second. Agencies and bureaus recruit millions of Americans into the bottom of the racketeering operation through family welfare handouts while Congress and the executive branch feed their masters from the top end through corporate welfare handouts. Industry, bureaucracy, and politicians coexist in fascist alliance, feeding off the productive citizens while breeding generations of parasitic citizens, all the while convincing taxpayers that our only remedy is more electoral politics. For decades... Both parties in Congress have refused to enforce our borders, finding irresistible the millions of new parasitic citizens who will vote them back into office for a lifetime. Today's tsunami of illegal aliens will have their medical bills and children's education paid by local and school district taxpayers, who will lose their home at a sheriff's sale if they refuse to pay. Meanwhile, wealthy patrons enjoy a steady supply of housekeepers, nannies, gardeners, cooks, and dishwashers at 30 cents on the dollar. As the criminogenic teacher of state, county, city, and school district bureaucrats, Congress leads the coercive transformation of a once-free people into another failed communist experiment. This powerful combination of industries has controlled Congress and has sucked the lifeblood out of the American taxpayer and small business for over a century, joined by a ballooning welfare state that now threatens total collapse of the American economy. Congress's sixth criminal count is extortion. No power, foreign or domestic, instills as much fear in the taxpayer's heart as Congress's state-sponsored terror organization. Congress's IRS operation destroys countless American lives, marriages, and businesses each year. After leaving the agency in disgust, the first and last official historian of the IRS wrote a book exposing its systematic corruption. But as with other whistleblower books, Shelley Davis's book could not outweigh government propaganda and terror. Now, Congress plans to carry racketeering and extortion to a new level. And be assured, the GOP is only interested in tweaking the massive new racketeering scam for its own uses rather than stopping it. The seventh count against Congress is its daily violations of the Fourth Amendment. There's a whole bunch of those, you guys, and I did not actually find the one I was actually looking for, but I let the IRS thing play because that's true. But let's get to this little real quick. Is this not? No, I can. Let me. Um... I'm going to send this to myself real quick. I'll let Soul go. I'm pulling this over. Soul. There you go. And I'm going to send I'm gonna send it to myself on Twitter and then put this in the chat because I'm playing that for my laptop. But hey, Soul, go ahead. 
Hey, Donnie, how's it going? Hey, everybody, how's everybody doing? We've missed you. I know, I'm sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> now you're good. Hey, I saw you started a podcast. Yeah, no, yeah, so um, I um, talk about my uh, disabilities and stuff on there. I get pretty candid, so, you know, it does get a little graphic, but, you know, that's not my intention. Um, but, yeah, so um, I'll try to, you know, make some more episodes when I can. Um, but, um, you know, since we're kind of on the, uh, well, originally we were on the subject of, uh, Twitter and Elon Musk, um, as far as Twitter goes, um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot and connected a lot with, um, a lot of different disabled people. And, um, you know, one thing for sure is, you know, the social security administration, they're one of the federal agencies that needs to be abolished. Um, they're not doing for us, you know, the actual disabled people, they're not doing anything for, um, you know, our uh, retired vets and homeless vets and disabled vets, and they're also not really doing anything for the elderly. Um, you know, they actually have lawyers, if you can believe this, that are paid to deny your claim, knowing very well that your claim is legit and that you actually are disabled and you present more than enough proof. Um, and the government's okay with this. Um, another thing is they uh, have attorneys that, um, you know, you can get the help of um, if you're lucky. Um you know, to help speed along your claim and to get it approved. But those lawyers don't actually give you the option to take legal action against the Social Security Administration, which to me, that doesn't seem legal either. Um, but, you know, again, the government's okay with that. So, um, you know, I've decided to um, reach out to um, an attorney that um, maybe some of us may know on Twitter. Um, let me make sure I get her first name right. But, um, you know, she has, a, I guess, a law firm agency that she um, established that, you know, will help um, if you feel like your civil uh, liberties and civil rights are being violated. Um, so I'm going to I reached out to her um, agency and um, I put in an inquiry to see if they would be of help um, for representation. Um, you know, personally, my state and my and. Um, you know, the Social Security Administration aren't doing anything to um, aid my financial, uh, I don't know, I guess mess, for lack of better words. Um, you know, I need help because I, I can't work. And, um, you know, once you're up with your claim um, funds with the uh, EDD, you know, there's nothing they can do for you. So I'm just hoping to get some sort of help while I'm waiting to get my claim approved and hope to get it approved. Um, and that'll be the first step. But um, you know, that's just something that I really, I'm really, uh, I really strongly advocate for and I really feel deeply about or strongly about, um, because, you know, it affects me personally, but, um, you know, I, even before I became disabled, I was always really, um, understanding and, um, never doubtful about anybody that was disabled, um, whether it was obvious or not. Um, so, you know, I, I just feel like that's my mission, um, or at least one of them. I mean, you know, there's so much more that um, I'm more passionate about or just as passionate about um, regarding, you know, the wrongdoings of our government and the agencies. So um, I'm definitely for <laughs> abolishing the agencies. But that was just my bit for today. Donnie, can I take this one? Yes, sir. Okay. So soliloquy. Um, I work in an age in a company that deals with the disabled. Um, I'm sure I'm sure you I'm sure you want to probably understand what residential facility means. 
So, um, I so I do see a lot of situations that where people do legitimately need to help. But the problem I see is that Social Security was a Ponzi scheme from day one. Um, the whole the principle uh, was that you're going to take money from the taxpayers and force them to support uh, support the elderly, and then it was later on ex- expanded to the disabled. So um, I think uh, so. I think one important thing. It to society is we do need to make sure that the elderly and the disabled do get taken care of but the question is what's the most effective way to do it because social security is slate the the trust fund is slated to run out of money by 2035 and I know a lot of people that when that happens they are going to be up a river with without a paddle uh, no, or rather, I should say, they're going to be in the middle of inter- uh, of uh, international waters in a canoe without a paddle. So, uh, probably with sharks. So, so there's going to be a lot of people in a really bad spot uh, because the government decided to use a socialist angle for to support them. And then, then the other problem I see is the government thinks uh, the government and some of these organizations seem to think that if you if you dump uh, that if you just dump money on disabled people that that everything is fine. Well, there's a little more to it than that, and and I see a lot of caregivers are underpaid um, that. Uh, and there's just so many problems with the system that I just think the whole disability system needs to be revamped because we absolutely do need care for the disabled, but but we need a much more effective way to do it because the way it stands now, and then also, what about people that can't fill out their own paperwork and get screwed over by caregivers? I mean... They have, I mean, they don't really have much recourse either. So, um, I, so I'm certainly open to any ideas that would make things, uh, that any, that would be constitutional and that would be fair to society and that would care for those who even need it. Soul? Are you there, Soul? Well, I appreciate y'all both for speaking on that. I'm going to go ahead and get to Cole in private real quick, closing thoughts, and then we're going to shut this show down. And I'll be back with you guys on Monday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. All right, Cole? And also, do not forget to tip if you can. Uh, it's going to be in the live section where you can do it. It's also in the description section of the show. And for those who are listening later on Apple and uh, Cash App, can you please mute your mic for a second, please? Um, and for those who are listening um, after the show's been published on um, 
Spotify and um, Apple or any other platform is uh, Venmo is Donnie the Don D O N I T H E D O N and Cash App is dollar sign D O N I zero four. Uh, Cole, go ahead. I'm gonna make some points because I was talking to some of my friends that. The corporate world want your social security number to work, but if you don't have that number, you can't even work to get the right size and and really that dragging people down. And, and like everything is like, oh, my disability check don't address with inflation for months. So that's what I got to do. Go work. So if a person in a wheelchair can go work, anybody can work. Because all they need is, and, and that is so aggravating to me because people want to work, but they can't work because they don't have the correct documentation with them but they are willing to work for the company come on guys um and i'll I'll say this because i will say this too because we are closing out i want to speak uh against anyone's particular disability or situation why if they can or why they can't work um i i guess some people can and with certain um, disabilities and some people can't. I don't want to take away from anyone's experience. So I, want, I want to be fair. But also, we, these were the closing statements, Cole. So I'm going to go ahead and, and jump over to private next. And then we're going to close out here in a second. All right? All right. All right. Thank All you. I appreciate you. I'd like to add the conversation one night. Definitely. Good idea. All right. Thank you so much, Cole, for coming up here and dropping your gems again. Uh, private, you're the last caller for this evening. Here we go. Oh, well, one movie people and a lot of uh, people don't know about is called The Battle of Athens. I did put a link down there. I'm not sure if that's a good way to get to the movie, but it's a censored movie because people took up arms in 1946 against the local government in Athens because there was a crooked sheriff, and they actually got what they wanted in, and no f- shots were fired. You know, just because you're going to have arms doesn't mean you have to use them. You know, it's a show of, you're, of you know, like, because if you fire back and let's say, you know, the head cheese, you know, government may fire at you, there's a risk that you could fire back. And all people want is for them to respect the rule of law. And it doesn't necessarily have to turn violence. It's like the uh, Clive and Bundy. That's a scenario. Were any shots fired? I don't think they were. I don't remember a shot fired. 
And every time the people stand in numbers and are armed, they're always respected. And I just wanted to, you know, point that out. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's the option, but just to kind of inform people that it has happened on multiple occasions. And every time a shot never gets fired. Hey, private. Um, I, I I know about that Clive and Bundy situation uh, that you're talking about, the one where the uh, federal agents had Clive and his family. They they pointed snipe, sniper rifles and they told him either leave or we're going to kill you and your family. Uh, and that was that was when Harry Reid's son made a deal with the Chi- a five billion dollar deal with the Chinese because and the Chinese for land in Nevada and then and then the Chinese uh, told them you get rid of that stinky farmer uh, before and then the deal's on and so so that had that had a direct dealing with the Reed family um, but which speaks to the nepotism in Washington but uh, but Clive but I remember when there were 200 militia men they came Robert, on to hit, Robert yeah. with closing statements. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I know. I'm keeping it brief. Just no, no, he, he just he was just talking about a movie and then you we we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about this oh. another day. We're, oh, we're, we're, right. going, we're going on two hours. Oh yes, movie. Oh yeah, it's, I a, thought, it's, yeah. a, it's in the live chat. Yeah, it's oh. in the live it's in the live chat, y'all. Look at the live chat. I pulled it up. I'm going to see if I can find it this weekend. I want to check it out myself. It look, that sounds very interesting. Private, thank you so much for sharing oh, that. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, we're going to close out this evening, and I will see y'all again on Monday. God bless you. Bye. Created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations Pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into The Constitutionalist with Donnie the Don. Don't be political property, be free.